Five Drive. Catch up. It's Ed Sheeran and Lil Baby two-stepping on Five Drive. Six minutes after three as the winds of change have blown us to the NTT Suzuki. And Kimberly, we're hanging out here this afternoon as we drive into adventure with Five Drive and the Suzuki Espresso. It's another day, another province. We're in the Northern Cape officially. And uh, as mentioned, there is just so much history in this part of the world. Museums, places of interest, some of the oldest clubs anywhere in the country, and incredible art galleries where the team had a chance this afternoon, a little bit earlier today, and you'll hear more about this on the show later, to come to understand more about this beautiful country of ours. The winds of change have blown us from Bloom to Kimberley through art. Uh, and we're currently at the Dungan Cronin house uh, in Kimberley. Uh, and Dungan Cronin is a guy who uh, was schooled in England uh, and made his way down through Africa, taking pictures of uh, all the people and telling their stories. It is so dope to see our history through photographs. You know, we always hear about our history. It's like always spoken word, but to actually see beautiful photos of people from a hundred years ago is just the most incredible thing ever. Who was this man? And despite being of wealth and privilege, why did he decide it was important to document the local people of Southern Africa? We'll find out on the show next. And who continues to produce hits on the Five Drive Heritage Tour, driven by Suzuki. Here we are this afternoon at the NTT Suzuki in Kimberley, exploring our South African roots with the Five Drive Heritage Tour, driven by Suzuki. And here we are also in one of the oldest places in the country, a place filled with heritage and history. A past and a present all colliding at one in some of the beautiful museums that they have here, like for example, the McGregor House, which is a place that in so many different ways has been connected with different things that have happened in this city. There were war generals who hid out here during the battles and the great wars and sieges that took place over a hundred years ago. It was a sanatorium at some point in its history, so is most likely haunted. And is also the place where we got to meet a new character that we'd like to introduce you to on the show. His name is Shelton. He's a dude in his mid-thirties that has lived all over the country. The winds of change blew him from his home in Kimberley to Gauteng and Pretoria. I think he said at some point he lived in some other part of the Northern Cape province, but he came back eventually to settle here and wants to tell stories for future generations about why history matters. He's a tour guide in training, and here I am standing inside what is definitely a haunted house, getting to meet him. Can I ask you, so you are a tour guide in training. What does that mean? Just give me a little bit of background into why you chose this industry and how you have come to be here. Okay. Um, I, I chose it by default. Initially, we started out as tourism monitors due to monitor the influx of people coming in and around the country and so forth to make sure that everything is safety and so forth. And then this year around, the program started in initially starting out as tour guiding. So here now, the museum is understaffed, so they need people to show them around because we've got eight satellite offices in and around the town, which is about a radius of about 200 kilometers. So that's why there's a need for us to be here at this point in time. And why did you want to do it? Was it, was it just a job or are you quite passionate about the tourism? Uh, it's something, it's something that, that I like to engage with people, to interact with people. As you come, go around, you get to meet different people from walks of life and so forth. But the thing that fills me the most is just me showing people around and having something, somebody to say thank you at the end of the day. That what brings pleasure to my heart. And do you think it's important to, why is it important to, to keep all of this alive? I mean, it's all from the past. Um, it's very important because right now, because um, the 
tourism industry, there's curriculums that the high schools and kids go around. So they need to know where all the stuff came about, how it came about, why were people fighting, why museums are around to keep the heritage alive so that people can see how everything started because everything is Victorian style and the labor that was put behind it, the thought and everything. The world turned its eyes to Kimberley because they found diamonds in the ground and today it keeps itself alive through stories of history and heritage, the exact kind of thing that we're here to document on the Five Drive Heritage Tour. Driven by Suzuki, you're going to hear a whole bunch of different people on the show today, incredible stories and also a clip from potentially either an animal or a human that we found on the road earlier today. It's Will Lindley, Kill All My Feelings on the Five Drive Heritage Tour at the NTD Suzuki in Kimberley this afternoon. The city of firsts, a place where because they found diamonds in the ground, the entire world flocked here. And as a result of that, a lot of incredible things were founded, built and happened. Like, for example, the Kimberley Public Library, which was built back in like 1887. But I imagine it back in those days to have been a very exclusive for all the wrong reasons kind of a library. Do you know what I'm saying? But you go in there and it's filled with leather-bound books smell of rich mahogany which is a beautiful thing fireproof rooms different kinds of artifacts and collections and stories that date back hundreds and hundreds of years but today it's become so much more than that it's become a really exciting place where super important things about literature are preserved and kept like for example among its books manuscripts maps and photographs also the oldest in the country forget the country the oldest in the world book that has uh, illustrations in it. So I suppose you could say the f if you're a comic book fan of any description, this is how far back it all goes, right? Just listen to this incredible story about what we have right here in South Africa in a museum that if you just drove past the street and weren't looking for it, you would probably miss. The Nuremberg Chronicles. Okay, now for the young listeners, um, we had we had two guys from London who came as researchers and they wanted this book. And on that, and yeah, well, it's normal uh, because we use usually are very um, careful when we handle these kind of records. But they asked specifically for this book and then they used it. And when they left, the librarian, but two days after, went to the book. I don't know, she said she just had a, an easy feeling. And we realized that the maps, remember this is the world's first illustrated book, was missing. So they knew about it and they knew the importance of the maps and they nicely cut it out at the back. I'll just show you quickly. And it became an Interpol case, but it was never found, unfortunately. So that is lost for civilization. So, so Interpol got interested in trying to find the missing pages well, of this? Well, we reported it to the normal and then, can you see? And then they said, no, this is because it's uh, overseas people. They will have to go to, to that site. It became an Interpol case. There must be theories about what happened to the missing pages. I hope. <laughs> I'm sure there is. And um, these are not your normal thieves. These, these are your white-collar thieves. So, so they knew how valuable these, these were the maps of how the author saw the world back in the 15th century. Someone needs to call Nicholas Cage because there's national, <laughs> national treasure. Yeah. 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 Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's, it's yeah. a crazy story. And you can remember, remember, we are the custodians of these records. So we have to look after them. So imagine you were in charge of the library and this happens yeah. in your 
time of, of marriage. She didn't sleep for days and she was already an older lady. So it was so just to it catch that part of the story again, when, when did this page likely disappear? It was early 2000. I'm not sure 2003 or 2002, but around there. Yeah, but yeah, but nicely dressed two young researchers. Um, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. <laughs> and and just the inter- what, what Mrs. Dumini said is that on that day because they were two librarians and they would send up and down. Then they want this. They didn't want them to see. Uh, uh, them doing that they want they were sending them around so they were not in the research room and at that time we didn't have cameras either too it's yeah. such a tragic story that the oldest illustration in the world from the 15th century had two pages stolen by two guys pretending to be researchers I, I guess because this old lady who was in charge of the library felt terrible the question I want to ask you this question genuinely do you think that she should? Do you feel like uh, do you feel like it was her responsibility, or do you feel like she's putting the weight of the world on her shoulders and that it actually wasn't up to her? And these guys were criminals, and we must just face the fact of that. What do you think? Because shame, apparently this old lady felt horrific for what she had let go under her watch. Was it that kind of thing? That kind of situation? Is that her responsibility or not? What do you think? Oh eight two five five zero five one five one. Let's talk about this on the show. Is on the Five Drive Heritage Tour this afternoon at the NTT Suzuki Kimberley, sitting amongst some of the most beautiful cars anywhere in the world right now. If you ask me, many of which we're going to get to drive at some point throughout this month, uh, including the one that has brought us all the way here, some five hundred kilometers plus minus from Gauteng to the heart of South Africa's history in many ways, the heart of the Africana Museum, uh, where a woman some time ago in the early noughties unfortunately was the librarian at a time at which the world's oldest illustrated book went missing. Well, specifically two pages from the back. A mystery that has never been solved, but the question is, is that her responsibility? Should she have been held accountable? Apparently she felt terrible and had tremendous anxiety. Is that warranted or not? Hi, Nick. So on this whole theft story, I can see both coins, both sides. So, because she knew that that piece was a unique piece and had the oldest illustration, I feel like she should have watched over them more cautiously, but also they were respected researchers. That's how they presented themselves as. And at a university, you expect presentable, good-looking researchers to come around every so often. So I guess that didn't, she was just so used to it. So that's why she didn't watch over them. So yes, it is a little bit her fault, but not entirely. I think that's a very fair, balanced way to look at it. Also, by the way, in this Africana Museum still today, if you want to go out and explore it, they have a map that originally belonged to Cecil John Rhodes and his handwriting is on it, how he planned to do a train line all the way from the Cape to Cairo and the routes in which he thought it would take. They also have one of the original old uh, Bibles that Robert Moffat, who was the father of, uh, well, the father-in-law of David Livingston, the great explorer, he translated into uh, into different languages at a very early stage of like the missionary efforts in South Africa. So there's a hell of a lot of history in there. But this one book had two pages taken. Should that have been the responsibility of the librarian there or not? What do you think? <laughs> hey Nick. Anyway, how's your day, guys? Ah, you see, I said bless the truck driver. Uh, it becomes your responsibility if something goes missing in a place that you are the custodian. 
It's very, very bad. The whole weight of the place comes to you. For an example, uh, the car you're driving, the Suzuki, if someone bumped into you, you get worried because (laughs) everything stops. Wherever you're going, it's disturbed. And you are the custodian of the Suzuki right now and the team. You are the responsible person for the whole person, people that are, are in the Suzuki and the Suzuki. So she has the obligation to feel like that. Yeah, it's better. You gotta, that's the responsibility part. Anyway, great show, great music. Thank you. Appreciate it. Love you. Whoever's fault and responsibility was all the way back then, it's incredible we have so many amazing artifacts like this inside the Africana Library in Kimberley. If you're ever in this part of the world, you should totally stop by and take a visit. As we celebrate Heritage on the Five Drive Heritage Tour at the NTT Suzuki in Kimberley, uh, at the place of so many firsts for the country, as I've been mentioning, but also the place that houses so much heritage and history, like at the Africana Museum, they have um, the first Bible that was translated by Robert Moffat, who was a dude born in like 1790-something, died in the 1880s. Um, and he was a missionary, a Scottish guy that came over here and was based out in Kuruman. And in Kuruman, he translated the Bible into Setswana. And the Bible that they have there is his original version that has all of his corrections and translations that he had found from various people that had helped him in the area to be able to do that. And it's really fascinating that it's here in Kimberley and not in Kuruman where the guy lived. You'll hear a bit more as to why that's the case now. So also, by the way, uh, everything that we do on the tour goes up onto the catch-up pages of the app. If you want to find something you think you've heard, go check it out there. The original Bible, the first, first um, uh, Bible to be written in a, uh, a, a black language, Sichuana Bibela of Reverend Moffat, and it's from published in 1853 with his own press, if you can just look at that. So he, I mean, he lived in Kuruman, right? He moved, yeah. He moved from, from the Cape area through Krikosad and then settled in Kuruman. So how did the book end up here? Uh, when he died, his son donated it to the library. Remember, we were already a library uh, um, from 1887. Okay, wow. so he, it's, it's written in here. I know um, the Robert, uh, the Moffat Kuruman um, mission... Um, museum wanted it back, but it was addressed to this library, so that's why <laughs> we could save it. I'm, I literally, yeah. our name is on it. I just want to show you guys his corrections in his own, as he was learning the language. Insane. Uh, um, yeah. He had a whole community of Setswanas, uh, and they, they taught him, and then he brought the, uh, the religion, uh, the Christian religion to them by writing the Bible in their language. So those those marks on there are, are actual... Corrections with his, yeah, his own handwriting. That's very cool. Yeah. Whatever your views on someone like Moffat and missionaries may or may not be, the fact is that a lot happened for the documentation and progression of language through writing it down. And something that is preserved here for a number of different cultures happens at the Africana Museum in Kimberley. Just one of the many reasons why, again, if you're in this part of the world, it's more than worth a visit. Catch up from some of the best moments from the 5 Drive team by going to 5FM's catch-up page on the 5FM app or 5